the the number one thing is, and this really goes back to when you initially filled out your investor sheets at the very beginning. Um, when you get that K-1, is the name right? <laughs> is the entity right? Social security, address, EIN, all of the things that are very, very simple. Look at those things first. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Kelsey Head. She's a partner at Head Tyler LLP, which she founded uh, in 2020 during COVID after leaving a large firm. But this is her her uh, 19th year in tax. I think she said approximately 18, 19 years of experience in tax as a CPA. Uh, she is going to dive into uh, a, a series here with us. I hope you'll you'll listen to each segment because we're going to dive into different questions that I get asked uh, as an operator from our limited partners often. Uh, and so you're going to hear a number of things that I know you've had questions about. Kelsey, welcome. Uh, I'm honored to get this time with you to interview you and, and really go through some tax questions, right? Things that questions I know I get asked all the time and often I have to say, hey, uh, I am not the one to be asking that question of, right? Uh, and so I have to look for obviously people like yourself, right? That that are team members of ours, that that uh, we partner with, uh, trusted experts uh, like you that have those skill sets. And in your case, it's tax, which we uh, seem to most of us need help in that world of tax. So uh, happy to get to chat with you today. Welcome. Thank you. Appreciate you having me, uh, Kelsey. Well, you know, often I get the question what to look for on your K-1? Like, what does a K-1, like, why do I need a K-1? How do I read it? What does it mean for me? I, you know, I, people ask all the time, you know, like, whoa, you know, it, it doesn't seem very complicated. However, I don't know how it affects my taxes. Right. And it it comes up so often. The, the number one thing is, and this really goes back to when you initially filled out your investor sheets at the very beginning, um, when you get that K-1, is the name right? Is the entity right? Social security, address, EIN, all of the things that are very, very simple. Look at those things first. Make sure that when you filled out your investor sheets to, to initially sign up for the offering, make sure that you have put down the entity that you intended to be in there, whether it's your personal, whether it's an LLC, You know, make sure you've gotten tax advice if you need it before you do so, so that you have it in the right place. But the minute you get that K-1, we work just exhausting <laughs> to ourselves to get these K-1s out in a timely fashion, both from the operator side and the accountant side. It's a, it's a dual effort. And when those go out, if you will just immediately look to see if the big stuff is right, because ultimately what happens is we'll get to September 14th, and we're to the last day before it can be filed and we'll have changes still coming in on the partners. And so many of those things can be handled in the first 30 seconds that you open that, that, that K-1. So take a look at those things first. The other important items, contributions, of course, if you put in $50,000, make sure that down in the left-hand corner where it says contributions, that left-hand corner is your friend, bottom left. If you look at your contributions, make sure that matches in year one. If you got $10,000 in distributions in that year, make sure it says $10,000 of distributions. You're not expected to know what the net income or loss ultimately is, because obviously that goes through you know, a ton of work and calculations. But the high level items of what did I put in? 
What did I get out? And is my name and social security number and address right? Those are all things that can really, really save a lot of time for just for just everybody. And then ultimately in a sale year, making sure that that distribution lines up to what you got because that cash is going to ultimately help figure your gain. So if it's wrong for some reason, ultimately you're going to have a surprise one way or another on your K-1 for that income. So it's it's not hard, but if you don't know what it is, then you know you don't know what you're looking for. But those are the high level items to take a look at. Yeah, I know often we get people asking questions about, oh, wait a minute, that's not the entity I wanted on there, right? Or that's not the, you know, it's like, wait a minute, that's what we have, right? That's what you filled out on your subscription agreement, right? When you wanted to invest in the Mm -hmm. deal. Uh, And then it's a process, right? To get that changed or corrected or, uh, you know, and if it's uh, in their personal name or if it's in the wrong entity, right? They wanted an entity and it's a a process and sometimes a legal process, Mm -hmm. right? to, To get that fixed. Right. And it, it seems very easy of, well, I had it in, you know, Bob's name and I want it in Bob's LLC just for color, just to change that in the system and, and redistribute and repull all the K1s and print it all again. All of the things that have to, the process on the back end of that, it, these tax returns now are three and 4,000 pages. So every time you change for one name, it's a 3000 page process, you know, back to a file and zipped and sent out. So it's just, it's those things like that. that If we can catch them in March and April versus September and October, it saves everybody a lot of time. And, and again, on the front end, the better you can do, the better off we all are. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it, 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 there's always, it'll just leave more room for mistakes long-term too, right? That, that's still right. on that first document. Cause I can see us too, you know, where, uh, where there's a question about somebody's return or they even have a question about their K1. We go back and look at that old subscription agreement. And it's like, oh yeah, it was in this entity. And oh, wait a minute. They got it. They actually changed that, but maybe we didn't see that. You know, it's like, uh, mm-hmm. so I could not agree with you more. And, and I think sometimes too, people, uh, you know, they invest with their personal name and then they they get in some of these groups and figure out, well, oh, wait a minute, I should have created an entity to start investing. And and I want mm-hmm. that in that entity. And say, well, it's it's not just as easy as changing the name. Right. 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 And it can be so long as everyone knows. But it's basically anytime you want to make a change, you should have those changes to the operators and, you know, through your investor portal or however those need to be made. Have that done by you know, at the latest January 1st, January 15th of the current year to where it it happens before we start tax returns and before we're, you know, off in the midst of doing them, that that makes it a lot easier. Yeah, no doubt about it. Anything else about a K-1, Kelsey, that an LP or, or passive investor should know about or think through, uh, you know, when they receive it or, you know, I, I don't know, any other questions that maybe you get from LPs? Yeah, it's, it's generally the only other questions are kind of on the, it's always in the sale year of, of, of why do I have all this income? It doesn't ever quite register, you know, that because you got cash, you're going to have income and the two are always, they think of it more of a, well, I just got my capital back. Well, you did, but you got that capital back because we sold a property and have a gain. So the two always go hand in hand. And again, just having some tax advice somewhere along the way 
you know, letting an accountant know if your personal CPA, letting them know, hey, I sold this property to where it's not a surprise on the back end. And you can get pretty close by following the cash you received. You know, Kelsey, the, the K-1s, uh, and it's a process, right? Our team has just, my goodness, we've been, I feel like we've been around through the ringer a few years, you know, trying to improve that process. Uh, and it's we're trying to provide better service to our investors, right? Well, well, many of them uh, you know, are very concerned, right? That if it's if they can't file by the first deadline, right? And so I just wonder, you know, what are your thoughts behind that that concern, right? Should they be concerned if they're filing three or four weeks later, right? Or you know, if it's even eight weeks, you know, after that deadline, or you know, what what are your thoughts behind that? I I just don't see it as an issue. I know it's always it's always a thing to to rush to get these out by April 1st so that people can file by April 15th. And I do understand if you just have one K-1 and that's the only thing that's holding up your return, that's frustrating. Um, but from a, an IRS standpoint, I've been at this, this is my 19th tax season. I've never seen any correlation between the two. I, I know there's some, you know, older school that maybe you got audited more if you filed in late, you know, late September, October. But I just don't think that, you know, May and June filings make any difference to April 15th. Um, obviously, you want to have your taxes paid in so that you don't have penalties and things. But the extension itself, it just it doesn't hurt you. Kelsey, I am so grateful for your time and uh, being able to talk to a number of topics here that I know I, I get questions about these things all the time. And again, I feel like, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, I'm not your, your tax advisor, uh, but I, I want you to get the, as our LPs, right. I want them to get the information they need and they need to be talking to somebody like yourself. Uh, you know, how can they get in touch with you? How can they learn more about you? Right. Um, if you ever have a question or want to reach out, um, you can either email me and when you, maybe you can add my email um, and my contact information the easiest way to get a hold of me is is email. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. We are about to be super busy, so I may be a little behind the next couple of months. But we are ramping up and hiring up, and so I'm always glad to try to help field questions and and help out wherever I can. Thank you for being with us again today. I hope that you have learned a lot from the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I hope you're telling your friends about the Real Estate Syndication Show and how they can also build wealth in real estate. You can also go to lifebridgecapital.com and start investing today.